Hey yo, and welcome back to Fragmenters, part two of the interview with Laura and Dina. Today, we covered a little bit more on women supporting women, a lot of advice for work, and also the reproductive process of plants. So listen up, it's a good one. Hello and welcome to Fragmenters, the most entertaining podcast that I've found where you get to have a conversation with businesswomen who are enthusiastic about life, work, and money. We love building up other women and getting them ready for their new careers. Cause, 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 no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. So, why do you feel it's imperative for women to work in your field? We're so good at this. So I explain to the people that like the project managers that I onboard that every day it's like you're sitting at mission control and there's like this panel in front of you with 500 levers and 200 buttons and you can push or move anyone depending on the situation that you're in. And, and I feel like we're just so wired for that as women, you know, like, like you said, just in everyday life and yeah. And actually have walked alongside incredible men in this career that like their jaws will drop because they see women doing what we do where we are just naturally fantastic multitaskers. And that's what you're doing, you know, as a project manager all the time, you're spinning all those plates in the air. And, um, I remember actually one time my husband coming home and I was like, he'll tell people the story. Like I'm on the phone talking to someone, I'm stirring a pot of chili and spanking a child all at once and breastfeeding. He goes breastfeeding too and spanking a child with my foot all at once. And he was like, and his jaw dropped. And he tells people that story because he's like, that's exactly why women are cut out for these types of industries where, you know, you are always have something going on and something to overcome because we're just awesome like that. Like literally scientifically, our brains are wired to do mm-hmm. this job. <laughs> So so funny. (laughs) Um, I actually, people think I'm not, well, they don't see it now because I work from home, but I'm left-handed. And what I love is that I don't love, and I could go on a tangent about leftism because it is a (laughs) right-handed world. (laughs) I have a left-handed kid in that one out of seven made it to the leftism. (laughs) You get it. But, um, One of the things about going through school is that usually I remember in kindergarten, I was like halfway through the school year and they brought my mom in and they're like, your daughter has horrific penmanship and we cannot get it to fix. And um, so there was a sub that came in and she was watching me write and you would get in trouble if you didn't have your page tilted to the left. So I was left-handed with my page tilted to the left. Nobody can see this, but it looks really stupid. (laughs) Right or right with your page tilted to the left. It doesn't work. Your thumb is facing up and you can't write like that. No. So yeah, that was um, halfway through kindergarten before they realized I was trying to write stupid. And that's why it was bad. I liked it because when I went through keyboarding or... Yeah, that's what they called it back in keyboarding. Um, they taught me how to use the right-handed mouse. So when I'm in meetings on my phone, I have my ear to my shoulder, I'm mousing with my right hand and I'm taking notes written with my left oh, hand all yes. at the same time. Yes. 
Yeah. Made so. for this. That's what I'm exactly. saying. I'm, That's what I'm saying. I'm all about it. Yes. And I, and even like in like career days, just, I remember the guy that trained me coming out and being like, how many projects are you managing at once? And I'm like 18. And he's like, what? <laughs> how are you doing that? And I'm like, really well. How do you, how do you not? <laughs> how boring it would be if one of these was gone. Yeah. So um, it's just, we're wired for it. We're made for it. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. And if a woman is like, holy shit, I do this all day, every day, and I'm ready to get paid for it. Um, <laughs> what advice would you give them to yeah, start? Get, I mean, yeah. besides certificates, because we already covered that. Yep. Find somebody that's in that career. Same, same way that I did, like ask if you can shadow them, talk to them. Um, and then again, like those certifications, like you just said, and I'll link those courses Oh my goodness. Um, apply, like get on indeed, get on Glassdoor, get on LinkedIn. There are so many needs right now for project management. And the great thing is, is that they're remote and, and a many, and like, then be okay to accept a lower salary starting, but just know that Mm -hmm. like, if you say, I I think I can do this job, I will take a lower salary because I'm going to look at my first 12 to 18 months, like my on the job training, and then negotiate when you start your job, a raise at that time, depending on your performance, which is what I did. And um, just looked at that year to, to year and a half of like, this is my training time. And I'm in college now, just getting that experience underneath my feet. So apply, like apply and, and use that kind of method when you're in interviews. But yeah, yeah, just do it. And, oh, and remote. That's another thing that I will say, like, a lot of these positions are remote. And so it's really nice if you are a stay-at-home mom and thinking, I kind of want to get into the project management career space because a lot mm-hmm. of them are really super willing at this point to let you work from home and, and have those flexible hours. And I also do like my nighttime, those spreadsheets and status reports are usually done at 10 o'clock PM when my kids are in bed and, and it's nice because I'm working from home, but right, like all my top little devices for the the ladies that want to do it. Just How are you with disengaging because you are remote? So I have a very separate area in my house. I used to have my office in my bedroom because we're in a small farmhouse and now I'm in the entryway of my farmhouse and have an office and you have to be very disciplined. So I would recommend having a place that's separate from anywhere else in your home, like not your kitchen, not your bedroom, not your living room, um, have somewhere that you can shut the door. That's another big thing that really helps. And once that door is shut, you just set those self boundaries of like, I'm not opening the door and I'm not going back. I'm not doing it. Um, if I'm working at 10 o'clock night, then I definitely am not working in the middle of the afternoon or I'm coming to work late that day, you know, as right. well. So strike your balance and don't work a hundred hours weeks. And, and also like, I do this practice. If you are working remotely, when you start your job, or even if, even if you're somebody right now that's listening to this, that's like, I work remote and I have a really hard time disengaging. This was a really helpful activity that I did where I took um, three days and I just wrote down every little thing that I was doing like tediously and like was wasting so much time and different things like responding to emails, just that stop and start. And so then just making adjustments in my life of, right. Like you know, I'm, I'm going to schedule from eight to eight fifteen in the morning, and then from five or uh, four forty five to five p.m. are going to be my email times. Otherwise, I'm just not even looking at them because it was just too much start and stop. And um, that was one of the things. Uh, not having my phone by me, 
when I work, <laughs> like wasting so much time of like a notification pops up, a text comes in or, um, you know, notification on Instagram or whatever it is, like just set your phone away from you. It, it sits upstairs and it doesn't even, it can't come near me, you know? So I do not have notifications on for anything. Genius. Yeah. I'm not that cool yet. <laughs> well, I mean, I do have text notifications, but I don't get a lot of texts. If I did, I yeah. would shut it down. And yeah, so like I'll get on my phone and I see like 30 emails that are there, but it doesn't yeah. notify in any way. Oh, yeah. So like, see, oh I gosh. should do that. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, work ones I get to in my time. I'm actually, I was used and abused at my last position. So when I start here, started here, I have strict boundaries and they respect the shit out of them. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> I did. Um, when I first started, we would be in the middle of a fiasco and 4.30 hit. That's that's end of day here, 4.30 hit. And I would log off and be like, okay, guys, see you tomorrow. And they're just like, oh. And I'm like, I have my time. I think I've worked maybe, maybe 15 hours of overtime in six years. Yeah. I just that fiasco will be there at 8 a.m. Exactly. I mean, (laughs) there were times, especially with COVID, it threw everyone and their workplaces for a loop when everything, you know, was do we Ah. shut down? Do we not shut down? Do we go remote? Nobody's remote. You know, how do we do that? So that's where I put in almost all of my overtime was trying to facilitate that. But yeah fascinating the boundaries are really it was easy for me because I was burned so badly so I was like that's never happening again I know as soon as I leave they're replacing me yeah there may be a couple people that are sad but mostly they're like we need a a warm butt this chair is getting cold right (laughs) yeah and that just speaks back to like how do we learn life's hardest lessons you walk through them right like you can't put a dollar value on me anymore because I'm only happy doing these things. That's what satisfies me, you know, Mm -hmm. and I don't want to do anything else besides that thing. And oh my gosh, girl. And so that's so good. Like that you reckon. And and, and again, similarly, like I had no, they had no care that I had a family and a job that are working seven days a week, five in Boston, two in Manhattan and never seeing my kids. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're absolutely right. You you end up doing those strong boundaries and like, you're just not going to cross them. Well, and you walked into this one and you're like, yeah, I do have kids. And obviously I like to reproduce. So (laughs) that's what you're getting. (laughs) I have had a baby since working at Codalation. Yes, I did. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) Yes, I like my husband. (laughs) I mean, that's not 20 years. That says it all right there. Yes, I got married when I was... 18 you guys 18 like just turned 18 three weeks after I turned 18 and I don't recommend it it was hard Mm -hmm. I bet but worth it you know so worth it so you gave us advice on people wanting to get into the profession but what's the best advice you've ever received yeah love when you said this to me because it came to me right away because it was just so profound in my life and it was never resist a generous impulse. And 
I know that that sounds silly for career, but it's so true. Like servant leadership inside project management is huge and um, know your staff, know your clients, understand who they are, like learn about their families. If you can learn about, you know, I pick up little things all the time about, you know, somebody's favorite, you know, album that they listen to on YouTube all the time, or, you know, noticing that they have the same brand of clothes on all the time. And, um, complimenting them on, on how they look that day or just generosity, I think goes a long way with, uh, an employee being out or sick or something and knowing that their favorite yogurt shop is cherry berry and it's down the road and you're going to call DoorDash and send it to their house, you know, and, and, and just care about people like don't resist, resist generosity and caring about people. Mm-hmm. And that's also carried over into just my personal life, just to never resist a generous impulse. And so, you know, when our, when your heart is moved by something, even in project management or being a mom or a wife or a friend or a sister, all the things that we are as women, you know, let your heart be moved by that thing and act on it, you know? So I know it sounds silly for project management, but it's just gotten me a long way, um, a long way in stage projects. Yeah. I like it twofold. First reason is... Right now, it seems so divided everywhere. So just focusing on bringing out your generosity and not focusing on everything out there, you'll actually see that it's not as bad as you once thought. Got it. Yeah. So, you know, really focusing on that. And then secondly, I think I've covered this before, but it's, I'm passionate about it. So I'm bringing it up again. Damn it. (laughs) Um, it. The whole reason I'm doing this is I, you know, I'm not getting paid. This is a passion project. And the passion is to grab the hand. I'm, I wish people could see me. I'm reaching out my hand. She's got a fantastic (laughs) manicure. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, That's my one splurge, by the way. And I, I was told that, uh, if you pay for it yourself, you're not high maintenance. So just remember that. <laughs> I will remember that. I'm going to tell my husband that right after this call. I got podcast advice. <laughs> exactly. Um, oh, shit. I forgot what I was saying. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> the whole reason I'm doing this <laughs> is to reach out to women and to help them out. It's yeah, it's all about huge. letting women know like you said you're like hey why don't you be a project manager you'd never even heard of it and it's obviously was built for you you or you were built for it both but yeah yeah, just getting the word out and I had a I've I'm so excited for all the podcasts that are coming but I've already had like a metallurgical technician on here nobody knows what that is well if you listen to it episode two, you'll find out how to extract ore from dirt. And, you know, just all of these things that you don't even know are jobs and like building picks. I never would have thought that was me because I've always been creative, but never had an outlet for it. There was nothing I'd ever seen that made it, but building these backdrops and that's it. Yeah, it's perfect for it. I have the brain for that and the eye for that, but I can't paint and I can't draw and I can't, you know, I'm not good at those things. But so having one place where people can like 
you get a little taste of what people are doing and you're like, oh shit. Well, project management at software, it sounds dull AF, but project (laughs) management for a magazine company or, you know, something like that, they all have them. Everybody does construction industry, you guys, and they make bank. Oh yeah, (laughs) construct like and again, don't shy away from that either. You know, like if it's like that's a man's job. It is, you guys. Oh my word, you guys can do anything, anything, anything that you want to do. Anything. I have a a follow up question for you too. When you are doing like things in in that creative outlet at Pick Studio, are you thinking of others now? Do you find yourself thinking of others as you're like making the set? Do you think of other people and what they would enjoy, or do you imagine them being in that space? So initially I told you it's selfish, (laughs) but we have one. So we're like in an office building and one of the offices is a nursery. And my, my oldest or my youngest is nine. So that's obviously not me, but we know having had four kids, how expensive having children is and their milestones are like that. Yeah. I, I held my first child in my arms three seconds ago and she's 18. Right. Yeah. So in order to facilitate with a photographer to get the pictures quickly while everything's happening and you have no money and you're in pain because you just pushed out a baby or you had it cut out or however it happened you produced a child (laughs) (laughs) having somewhere where you can get pictures with different objects and different backgrounds and stuff for a baby for 19 dollars was unheard of and it's super important for us to facilitate in a way so everybody can experience it yeah so yeah so oh, that's a lot that's of the prime example that. of don't resist a generous impulse and people think it has to do with like giving of your money and giving of your time but it's even just being thoughtful of others right and that's kind of the purpose of me asking that question is even you guys are when you're doing things at pick selfie studio you're you're operating through like i'm not resisting a generous impulse and you just nailed that like you literally touched my mom like strings my heart like move my heart being like, cause I know, I know what that's like to try yeah. to not miss things with your kids. And, you know, like even to besides the nursery, there's just cool things that pick selfie studio that I would love to put Benjamin on the bed right now and like do something funny with him and just have like a milestone thing. Like, look, he's turning one or, mm-hmm. you know, yes, he he's going to be one in a couple of weeks. And, um, that's generosity at its core, right? Like I'm not spending hundreds of dollars and you're thinking of me and I love that. And they feel that, you know, people feel that yeah. and they'll turn. Well, and like I've explained, it's not the same. It's definitely not, but it's here for those who can't. God, if you can't. close now, I mean, I have a Samsung. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, you guys, it's pretty close. <laughs> I mean, if you know what you're doing, then you get the lighting and you filter. (laughs) But yeah, actually, we lugged in almost a half ton of sand in buckets (laughs) by hand to build this beach set. Yeah, it's definitely a labor of love. And every time 
you know, you just think of the babies that come in that wouldn't be able to see sand or we're in Idaho. We don't have sandy beaches. We do have some beaches, but none of them have sand. They're like rocky and stuff like that. And I'm just envisioning people who don't have the means to travel to the ocean, people that um, have handicaps, so they don't travel far and they're able to come here and experience. I mean, you don't hear the ocean. You don't, oh, I'm such a baby. <laughs> you no. don't hear the ocean. You're you generous. don't see the waves and everything, but you can put your toes in the sand and they have, may have never experienced that in their life before. So knowing that that is something that we're providing is pretty, uh, I, I'm pretty You're no proud. longer selfish. <laughs> <laughs> I said it starts selfish. <laughs> longer this is just like we're gonna have to wipe our tears away <laughs> I mean I did get a free photo shoot in my bathing suit from it too so yeah that's a baby. little selfish <laughs> <laughs> oh yes I love that I love that thank you for sharing that with me yeah oh, your heart is so awesome Dina and then, thanks well Thank um I mentioned earlier that I wanted to take over the world. And one of the reasons is because I'm learning the more, the more you get, the more you can give. Yeah. If you give, I talked to this about someone else, like if you make $10 an hour, your tithe is 10% of that. So that's what a dollar yeah. Math. Yeah. So that's a dollar <laughs> an hour. <laughs> if you make $20 an hour, you just don't, you know, doubled your donation. Yeah. If you make a million dollars an hour. Exactly. You know, and that's for everyone. I love to donate to the kids activities. It was at one point in my life, I was scrounging up pennies so that I can give them a dollar to wear a hat on Friday for PTA, you know, stuff like that. So being able to walk up to the band and give them hundreds of dollars and say, here you go. That's amazing. And you can only do that if you, I mean, I'm not saying you should strive to get money, but it's not greedy. Yeah, if exactly. You, Money doesn't make you evil and money isn't evil. Money enhances the person that you are. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting that you mentioned the tithe because I just talked to somebody about this today and, you know, the principle that of, of giving, and it's like, it's, it's like the antithesis of what we're raised, right? Like, it, like most people would say like, what's the, what's your best career advice? And it's like, man, work hard to get to the top. No, it's like, it, it's, it's the antithesis of what we're taught is to give, 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 and you will get back in return. But you give, give, give without the, the expectation, right? Of like, I'm going to give, so I'm, so I will get, mm -hmm. but like exactly what you're saying of if, if it can get to us and get through us, it's going to come to us. That, that I just feel like that's like the universal principle and was just talking to someone today about, you know, that kind of minded business and how mm -hmm. it has never failed me to this day. If I'm stingy, I will stingy will return to me. If I'm generous and I don't resist those impulses, it's like that comes back to whatever company that I'm in and, and into my own life. And 
Um, and then I'm given more so I can give away more. And it's like, oh my gosh. And then I'm given more so I can give away more. And it's like, literally my cup is running over and it's, it's just, it's awesome. It's just so awesome. So yeah, you nailed it, girl. You nailed it. You got to make money to give money. Well, and it's, it's definitely a privilege to be able to say that now, but I grew up in a messed up home and I don't have a lisp. I just joke about things. That's kind of my, uh, my way of going, you know, handling my trauma. So I grew up in a very tumultuous childhood. We had nothing. It was not ideal for anyone. So I, I know what it is to not have anything and I wasn't gifted what I've been given. Yeah. So I, I know that you can work your ass off in four years. Cause right now everybody's just now meeting me and they're like, holy shit, you are, you know, a lead in it at a nuclear facility. You own two businesses. You you see that? (laughs) Yes. I can say that no more. (laughs) She's just so cool. You guys. (laughs) Well, and you make furniture out of wine barrels and you, they're like, I don't understand you do all this stuff. And so everybody's like, you're cool. You're, and, and I will take it. I'm telling you, I will take it all day, (laughs) but nobody knows that this is only in the last three years. And, you know, five years ago, I was horrifically depressed and barely hanging on. And so you don't have to be born into it. Take you, if yeah, if it's in you, and if you get the treatment that you need, <laughs> oh, that's good, girl. So good. Yep, you can definitely get there. So I don't even know what inspired that tangent, but I guess everyone's gonna know that now. Oh, that's <laughs> so good. We need to hear it. We need to hear it. We need to hear it. Yeah, yeah. My husband has struggled with depression for years and years and years, and you know yeah. it's hard. I mean, there have been times that's been really hard. And so, yeah, this is, you're awesome. Take risks, you guys. That's the moral of the story. Work hard and take risks and never resist a generous impulse. And never resist. I like that. When you first said it, I was like, I'm not sure what you mean. Like, (laughs) but it's everything. It's all encompassing. That generous impulse could be giving, you know, food to a homeless individual, or it could be, you know, yeah. I like yeah, it. taking extra five minutes with your kids in the morning or whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever that impulse is, that's generous. Latch onto it. I like it. Comes back. So I have a question. I hope and I have an the answer cannot be your husband. Ooh. Okay. okay. This is my only one with a rule. Um, okay. What do you do for fun? <laughs> Garden all the way. I am like you say, yeah, boring AF all the way. <laughs> I love to garden and I didn't know I loved to garden until I got in the garden. But like my favorite thing is like sinking my toes into like fresh chilled dirt and just getting dirty and, and planting a seed and watching it come to life and then put food on my table. I just get so much joy out of gardening. And then I, I love to play piano. So behind me, okay. can't see it, but there is a piano. So I love to play piano, but all the way. First thing that came to my mind was put me in a garden eight ways to Sunday and I'm having a blast making things happen, but that's creative. 
So do you have, you don't have anything in the ground yet, do you? It's still too cold. She guess we got 30 inches of snow, like five days ago. And now they're saying like more is coming, but no, I don't. So I start my seeds indoors though. Um, this mm-hmm. year I had somebody else do it for me. Thank you, Jesus. Cause I love to do it, but it's a chore. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, usually I start my seeds indoors and then move them out to the garden. And, but where I live, we won't put things in the garden until Memorial day usually. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. We're usually about there too. Um, I remember the year of COVID 2022 years ago, um, in all the gardening groups, everybody was just so ready to do it. <laughs> yes. And everybody lost like half their crops before growing season even happened because they <laughs> just got too anxious. Yes, I know. And put things in the ground. Oh, you live and you learn. And that's the thing that I love about it too, is like, I'm always being taught in the garden. Like as I'm doing this, it's like the Lord's always speaking and just everything that you're even saying, like you're pulling weeds out. And it's like, I have to do that maintenance to my garden mm-hmm. and in my life too. Right. I have to yeah. do these things or I won't thrive. And there's just so many life lessons that you learn when you're out there. I just have so much fun and um, you get out of it, what you put into it, you know, yes. um, I just, it's like awesome. Yeah. Do you grow corn? I do grow corn. Yeah. Um, how much room do you have? Do you have like a, a good chunk of land? We have 20 acres in an easement. Oh yeah, yeah. You're good. <laughs> yeah. Um, when we had my, my little tiny thriving garden, I think we were on less than a quarter of an acre. So we had very little land, but I wanted to grow as much as I could on it. So I was going to give you and everyone, I guess. Um, Give me tips. Yeah. (laughs) How I was able to get corn to grow because corn is different than most other plants. Yeah. It's a heavy feeder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it impregnates itself. I didn't even know that. (laughs) Yes. So yeah, I, I did probably too much investigating on this corn, but plants are like humans and they have pollen is the sperm yeah yeah and they have whatever it goes into is the egg I don't remember I can see it on the stalk of the corn I know what I'm talking about but anyway so the way that corn works is they beat against each other and the pollen falls down onto itself and that is so stinking cool. <laughs> yeah. So it, it pollinates itself and that's how the corn grows. Whereas we were in the middle of Nevada, middle of the desert had no bees. So I was out there with Q-tips cross pollinating everything. Goodness. And that's why I had to you figure out how. <laughs> that's why I'm I had to like figure the garden. out. She's like thinking Rambo in her garden. I'll throw the Q-tip. Like I'm going to impregnate all of you. <laughs> that was the only way. Impregnate or not impregnate. Sorry, they unisex. Unisex. Oh, unisex. Yes. 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 Corn is unisex because um, they had to do that. In order to do that, you have to have it close together. Well, I had two rows. That's it. That's what I had my entire garden on. I was like, I don't just want corn. So what I did was I took like a five gallon bucket and flipped it upside down and made that circle. And I did evenly dispersed eight things of corn in that circle. Genius. Like in the bucket? 
Uh, like, so I stuck the bucket in the ground upside down and then yeah. imprinted the circle yeah. in. Okay. Oh, sorry, everyone. I just punched my mic. <laughs> and I get yep, imprinted the circle. And then I stuck the eight kernels around the circle. the circle. Oh, genius. So it's like a square foot gardening because you're just putting it in a tight space. And instead of going in these long rows, oh, that's such a great tip, girl. That is such a yeah, great so it was super, I think only one or two didn't grow. And I did four. Oh, frick. Damn it. <laughs> Get out of my way. Um, I did four different ones. So I had eight, 16, 24, 32. Oh my gosh. So yeah. Awesome. So I had 32, well, 30 stalks of corn in like a three foot area, three foot squared area. Such a cool idea. So much corn. That's a so, cool idea. If you guys are living with a little bit of space, that's how to do, do it. it. Little yeah. buckets, eight of them, and then they just beat each other and then impregnate themselves. <laughs> yes, I love that. That sounds like a terrible situation, but we're talking about corn, folks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we've tried all kinds of things. Also in small spaces, and I feel like that grow well, or like potatoes inside of buckets or trash mm -hmm. cans we've done that before feed sacks because we're on the farm you can grow potatoes inside like bags and, and you know mm -hmm. you have to hill them and keep kind of or they'll burn themselves but then it's so nice because you just instead of digging we learned this two years in we were trying to dig we pierce those potatoes and then they're no good as you're yep. trying to, so this way you just dump them out and it just saves so much space you just dump it right out literally on the ground and just pick your potatoes up out of it and corn and potatoes in particular like I said are heavy feeders and so I like that idea because you have to rotate your crops all the time. Yep. And anytime you put, do you guys see that dog whistle? That's oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <That's>... kids. <laughs> but anyhow, you know, and so rotating the garden to where like, if corn takes a ton of nitrogen, you put beans there next year or something mm -hmm. back or whatever. But I'm totally doing that this year. I'll send you pictures of my little circle corn. I think that's a great yeah, idea. And it'll, I mean, you get like, it looks like a giant thick crop. Like my children were missing when they went in it because it's so thick, but it's how fun for them. Area. How yeah. fun. I was thinking this year about doing that with sunflowers. Have you ever seen that? Where like they plant a circle of sunflowers and they cut, they're like mm -hmm. huge giant heads and they go in there like this. I'm doing that with the corn. That's so much better. <laughs> <laughs> what a cool idea. Um, another, the big surprise was how much they loved rhubarb. They would go out there. It, it made my heart so happy. They would run out there and snack on rhubarb. And I'm like, who even are you? You don't eat vegetables, but you're out there picking our beans. And, oh, I, <laughs> and rhubarb? I can't eat rhubarb girl unless it has sugar on it. So I'm impressed that they were able to just pick that and go to town. My kids do too, though. I don't know. It's like, what is that? My and favorite was feeding them radishes. Oh, oh no. Yeah. No, yeah. that Fleischkiefer. You ever heard of that? I didn't know what that mm -hmm. was. I didn't know. Like that sounds what, like a zombie. <laughs> so it's like a cheap hamburger patty and they put fried dough around it and then deep fry it so it's like <laughs> that sounds so good <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. and it's a pretty famous dish here in North Dakota what's another thing that that nephilus soup I've never heard of nephilus soup um have you ever heard of oh, nephilus soup it's like only because of Nick 
He's yeah. like, when we go back, I hope it's Nephla soup season. I hope we can get one. We'll have to go in there right when they open or we're not going to get any. They're so good. I'm like, what even is this crap like, you're talking about? When I first married my, my husband, you know, 20 years ago, we went to his grandmother's house, like to introduce the girlfriend. And she's straight up like German to the German of the German core of the German. It's like insane. Like she's just the coolest lady ever. The most amazing lady. And she made something called Stiedem. Stiedem. Anybody on this podcast heard of that? Yeah. It's like little sweet pancake balls, like little, mm-hmm. like, like tiny inside of cream and vinegar, like what you would put on a cucumber salad and put over lettuce. With like a vinegar, cream vinegar sauce. And I, to this day, I'm right. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's wonderful. That seems like a good way to end this thing now. <laughs> yep. Well, that's, that time. was my last question. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. That's so great. It has been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure and keep doing yes. it. Keep doing it. I'm going to keep listening. And I love this. I think this Thank is great. You. I'm so grateful that you came on here and I got to meet you. Yes, awesome. I am too. Is there, can I find you somewhere? Okay, that sounded really bad. Are you on Facebook yes. or Instagram or something? I'm on both. <laughs> okay. Yes, I'm on both. I okay. mean, we just talked about corn beating each other and impregnating itself, and we have to give that context. I know. <laughs> if you well, just fast forward into this spot, we're talking about corn. <laughs> well, it, it was really, I love to learn. That's something that's really good about IT is that you always have to learn because it's true. Just since I started, it's been 17 years now. Holy shit. But just since I've started, it's changed tremendously. So you always have to learn. But that I could not figure out why the corn wasn't working. And it's uh, just like everything else, plants have evolved. Um. But corn is very close to some of the first known, you grass. know, vegetating plants on earth. So it was just really grass. Fun to learn. It's a grass. And grass and was plus, the same. Isn't that cool? Oh, it does? Yes. I did not know that. I should Google that before I, I think it does. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I can edit it out. Don't quote that. I'm pretty sure I saw that somewhere. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> yes I just say Um, we're having a conversation and I am definitely not a professional corn grower but I know that worked for me I'm sending you pictures we're doing it this year we're doing it sweet all right oh you're awesome you're awesome it was awesome getting to meet you Laura I really appreciate it yeah thank you likewise likewise all right girl I'm looking you you. up right now yeah find me actually hold on Alrighty. That's me with my hottie McTotty. I'll I'll uh, look at him later. No. <laughs> Thank you so much again, Laura. You have All a really right. good night. You too. Enjoy yes. some kid time. You Bye. too, girl. Bye-bye. 
Oh my gosh, thank you so much for listening today. I hope you had as much fun as I did. If you liked this, please rate, review, and subscribe to ensure that you can more easily find me in the future. To continue this and more conversations, you can always find me at d at fragmenters.com. That's D-E-A at fragmenters.com on Instagram and Facebook at Fragmenters. And I also have a Facebook group called Fragmenters where all the ladies with like-minded business sense hang out and enjoy. Thank you again. Bye. We got the right stuff. We put the hammer right down. Wanna be live?